realized that success was at hand, when Prabhupada realized that success was at hand, and that it bore the name and form of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, Srila Prabhupada accepted the title Founder Acharya. Now, we don't know the precise time that Prabhupada realized success was at hand. In any case, there is no doubt that Prabhupada's knowledge of the future was not that of ordinary conditioned souls. In the late fall of 1965, Srila Prabhupada sat on a park bench and chatted with Paul Rubin, a New York, subway, New York City subway conductor. And so this, his recollections are in the Prabhupada Dilamrita, uh, where Rubin is saying, he seemed to know that he would have temples filled with devotees. He would look out and say, I am not a poor man, I am rich. There are temples and books, they are existing, they are there, but time is separating us from them. So some, he had some, you could say, call an intuition or show my super soul, something was, anyway. He, he do this, so, so he made International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and he accepted the title Govindasi. Uh, uh, well, no, gave, uh, from him he got, he took the name Prabhupada from, from her. But he had founder Acharya early on, which in the second issue of Back to Godhead magazine. So you can say this is a very confident, self-assured act of Srila Prabhupada, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. One of, one of my uh, uh, early uh, guides, was a devotee who was there at that time, Diana Baran. And he said he was one of the few devotees at 26-2nd Avenue, and there were just a handful of them. And when they saw this International Society for Krishna Consciousness, they all had to laugh. Because <laughs> just a bunch of the guys in this little place, and international, they thought it was kind of cute, you know? <laughs> so, this confident, self-assured actor, Srila Prabhupada, indicates that he knew very well that this title, Founder Acharya, had been prepared to recognize the crowning success of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur in establishing Krishna consciousness as a global movement and that Srila Saraswati Thakur had achieved this success through his own Saraswata. Srila Prabhupada's Pranam Mantra recognizes two kinds of achievements, widespread propagation of devotional service to the Supreme Lord and the overthrowing of nihilism and impersonalism. So that's the founder Acharya, they all did that. They spread Vaishnavism, at least all over India, and they counteracted Buddhist and, and, uh, and uh, Mayavad philosophy. These were also the aims of the Gaudiya Mat institution under Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and the signature achievements of the Sampradaya Acharyas as well. It is notable that Srila Prabhupada was able to recognize his own achievement and accept the honors that properly belong to it without a tinge of pride. It is evident that at a certain time Srila Prabhupada realized that in spite of all impediments he would be able to execute his spiritual master's order. By the way, uh, I've heard that Prabhupada, when he was in his early days in New York, was looking for when the ships were going back to India, just in case 
On the one hand, he says things like this to Reuben. On the other hand, he doesn't. You know, that's the other side of it. Uh, but now he could see something was going to happen. He recognized that he had been empowered. It is a natural characteristic of spiritual psychology, observable in great devotees and saints, that the experience of empowerment is inevitably accompanied by the experience of extreme humility. And the more empowerment bears fruit, the further humility increases. We don't think about that in our lives. We are accustomed to material life is the path of pride. There's no politician in America that would ever get away with saying anything other than this is the greatest nation on earth. You have to believe it. And they, for the most part, actually do that. They believe it. And, and how do you get it empowered? Well, we have the Marvel comic superheroes. You know, they're ordinary little guys and suddenly they get struck by lightning or something happens or bit by the spider or I don't know what. And suddenly <laughs> they can do superhuman acts and they're bigger than everybody else. You know, they're powerful. They do. But this, something else happens here, right? That this, with this empowerment comes this extreme humility. And the more empowerment bears fruit, the further humility increases. This compact blend of great accomplishment and great humility beyond the scope of experience of ordinary materialistic persons, they cannot begin to imagine it. When visible success began to attend upon Srila Prabhupada's efforts, he discounted his own effort gave credit to others, and was filled with gratitude. On several memorable occasions, he disclosed his mind in public addresses. For example, speaking to his disciples gathered in London to celebrate Srila Sri Vyasa Puja on August 2nd, 1973, Srila Prabhupada said, Anyone who is connected with this our movement, he's not ordinary living being. Actually, he's liberated soul. And I am very much hopeful that my disciples who are now participating today, even if I die, my movement will not stop. I am very much hopeful. My Guru Maharaj, his divine grace, Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati Goswami Prabhupada, he also attempted to send his disciples to preach Chaitanya cult in the Western world first meeting, perhaps you know, he asked me to preach. So at that time I was a young man, only 25 years old, and I was also householder. So I should have joined and executed his desire immediately, but due to my ill luck, I could not immediately execute his order. But it was in my heart that it was to be done, that it is to be done. So, better late than never, I executed his order at the age of 70 years, not at the age of 25. So actually, I wasted so much time. I can understand that. 
This message was there when I was 25 years old, but I began at the age of 70 years. But I did not forget the message. Otherwise, how could I do? That was, that is a fact. I was simply finding out the opportunity how to do it. So anyway, although I began very late, at the age of 70 years, so by the help of my disciples, this movement is gaining ground and is spreading all over the world. So therefore, I have to thank you. It is due to you. It is not my credit, but it is your credit that you are helping me in executing the order of my Guru Maharaj. This is how Prabhupada feels. He's opening up his heart. Later that year, in Los Angeles, Srila Prabhupada expressed similar thoughts with more visible emotion on the disappearance day of his spiritual master. This is a lecture on December 31st, 73. He was explaining how he came, met Bhakti Siddhanta. So in this way, gradually, I became attached to these Gaudiamat activities. And by the grace of Krishna, my business also was not going very well. <laughs> and he laughs. Yes, Krishna says, Yes, Yaha Manukrinami If somebody wants to be actually devotee of Krishna and at the same time keeps his material attachments to Krishna's business is he takes away everything material. So that cent for cent he becomes, I mean to say, dependent on Krishna. So that actually happened in my life. I was obliged to come to this movement and take this very seriously. And I was dreaming that. Bhakti Siddhanta is calling me. Please come out with me. So I was sometimes horrified. Oh, what is this? I have give up my family life? Bhakti Siddhanta is Saraswati Thakur is calling me? I have to take sannyas. Oh, I was horrified. <laughs> but I saw it several times calling me. The dreams are bad. So anyway, it is by His grace that I was forced to give up my family life, my so-called business life. And He brought me, some way or other, in preaching His Gospel. So this is a memorable day. What He desired, I am trying a little bit, and you are all helping me. So I have to thank you more. You are actually representative of my Guru Maharaj. And here Prabhupada begins to cry. Because you are helping me in executing the order of my Guru Maharaj. And then he couldn't finish speaking. So. When, an appreciative, when appreciative Indians began praising Srila Prabhupada as a magician or a miracle maker, he denied having any special powers. Here's his account given in Bombay on January 9th, 1973. Yes, we should not be very much proud that I have created wonderful. Why? Sometimes people, they give me so much honor. Swamiji, you have created something wonderful. I do not feel that I have created wonderful. What I have done? I say that I am not a magician. I do not know how to create wonderful. I am simply, I have simply presenting Bhagavad Gita as it is. That's all. If there is any credit, this is only credit. Anyone can do it. The Bhagavad Gita is there. 
and anyone can present Bhagavad Gita as it is. So it will act wonderfully. I am not a magician. I do not know the tricks of magic and the yoga city. So my only credit is I do not want to mix with this pure Bhagavad Gita teaching any rascal, that's all. <laughs> that is my credit. And whatever little miracle has been done, it is only on this principle, that's all. So that's some examples of Srila Prabhupada's actual attitude. Uh, and uh, all of us, Early on, Prabhupada said something that uh, impressed me very much. It's not recorded anywhere. Where we, I, I read it, was in newsletters that Shana Sundar, uh, his secretary, was sending out. And I used to read them and collect them, because they were very well written, quite, quite artistically written. And they were, I was a temple president and used to, used to get them. So, uh, Prabhupada, this one came when Prabhupada was in Africa. He had just been in London. He had debated the secretary of the Mensa Society. You have to have 140 IQ to join, so they're all geniuses, certified, board certified geniuses. And Prabhupada defeated him. And he was saying, Shamasudra quoted saying, uh, I act like a king because no one can defeat me. <laughs> he said, <laughs> so Prabhupada could say things like that. Uh, and then, then he said, that, uh, Shama Sundar quotes him as saying, uh, and this is the same newsletter where uh, this comes from, uh, uh, preaching is the essence, books is the basis, utility is the principle, purity is the force. I saw it in the newsletter, I made a sign, put it up in my office, and my GBC, Rupa Nuga, came and said, oh, what's that, where did that come from? I said, yeah, Prophet said, oh yeah, where? I showed him, so... That's, but that's where it came from, this, this newsletter. People doubted Prabhupada said it because they can't find it in the folio, but that's, that's where it was. So in the same newsletter, he said, he said to Shamsundar, uh, he said, I have one person and see what I have done. Now we are 500. So I assume that's the number of initiated devotees he had at that time. Each one of you become just like me and then see what can be accomplished. So I took that was his instruction. Each of you become just like me. In other words, it's not impossible. And that we should take that seriously. So how do you become like Prabhupada? And what you can see is how Prabhupada became like Prabhupada by becoming the servant of the spiritual master and by becoming power empowerment by becoming humble. In other words, to be empowered, you have to get something out of the way. The empowerment is the mercy of Krishna. It's coming down. What blocks it? False ego. If false ego shrinks, then suddenly you can do things, but you don't do them. Krishna is doing them and picking you up and using you. <coughs> and, 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 and that's the experiment, experience that people have. So what, what I want to uh, want to do now is talk a little bit about this uh, the cultivation of humility. Difficult, and if you start to come humble, you have to watch out, you don't become proud because you're humble. 
the second order pride. <laughs> we have to really become humble. Uh, and you can see this humility is, is uh, characteristic of great devotees. And they mean it. Here's, here's Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami. Uh, this is uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, toward the end of uh, chapter 5 of Adi Lila. He says, and he believes every word of it, I am more sinful than Jaghai and Madhai, and even lower than worms in the stool. Anyone who hears my name loses the results of his pious activities. Anyone who utters my name becomes sinful. Who in this world but Nityananda could show his mercy to such an abominable person as me? So I realized he could do something. It's not him. It's because Nityananda, for some reason, out of his abundance of mercy, could do it to me. So that's typical. That's typical. Uh, here's Mahaprabhu uh, speaking, uh, quoting, uh, quoted in the uh, Majalila 2.26. He said, My dear friend, I have not the slightest tinge of love of God within my heart. When you see me crying in separation, I am just falsely exhibiting a demonstration of my great fortune. Indeed, not seeing the beautiful face of Krishna playing his flute, I continue to live my life like an insect without purpose. Now, this is a very great humility that's actually part and parcel of the frame of separation. So Mahaprabhu had it exhibited himself as a devotee. So we see that 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 humility is, is there, uh, or Raghunath Das Goswami's tribute to Sanatana Goswami. Uh, he says, "Vairagya yu bhakti rasam pariyatnaya apayaranman amibhivsuvandam kipatamudarya padadukkudukhi sanatana stam brahmaashvayami." He says uh, he's taking shelter of Sanatana Goswami because he, he made me drink he used this word apayayam uh, he forced me to drink although I was uh, unwilling and blind what did he make me drink? with great effort he uses the verb prayatnaya which means with great effort vairagya bhakti rasam this juice made of two things, ingredients, vairagya, renunciation, and bhakti. Must have been bittersweet. <laughs> he gave me this drink, compounded of bhakti and vairagya, and I didn't want to drink it, but he forced me. He forced me. Why did he do that? Because he is Kripambudaya. He's an ocean of, of mercy and paradukadukhi. He suffers when he sees that others are suffering and therefore I offer obeisances to him. This is Raghunath Nastas. So these are some examples. Now, I, I, want, I want to just point out now, as part of our effort, all of us who are chanting the Hare Krishna Mahamantra, 
while trying to become free from offenses. Uh, we are following the process of chanting given to us by uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in the Shishastika prayers. And there's some very interesting uh, features of, about humility uh, in these Shishastika prayers. And you can read about this in the Anshalila, the last chapter uh, of Chaitanya Charitamrita called the Shishastika prayers, where Mahaprabhu is reciting these prayers to Swarup Damodar and Ramananda Roy uh, and, and, and talking about them. Uh, uh, as he does. Uh, and each of those prayers is recited uh, and then uh, in, in, in of course Sanskrit and then in Bengali there's a little bit of discussion and then also it tells what Mahaprabhu is feeling when he's reciting these prayers. So the first prayer, Chaitadarvana Marjanam, is, is, is like that's a full on trumpet fanfare. It, it, the subject is Sri Krishna Sankirtan. When Sri Krishna Sankirtan is victorious, Vijayate, when it's victorious, these are the things that happen. And there's a sequence, Cheto Darvana Marjanam, the heart uh, becomes, uh, and mind becomes uh, cleansed. Baba Maha Davagi and the blazing fire of material existence is extinguished. Shreya Kaya Chandraka Vitaranam, uh, our good fortune, our Shreya, our ultimate good fortune, which is here uh, compared to a, a Kairava, uh, a, a night blooming white, it's actually a lily. It's the night blooming white lily, very fragrant, and it opens up in moonlight. The lotus <coughs> closes at night and it opens in the sun, but the Kairava is the opposite. So Sankirtan, this chanting of Sankirtan, is like that Chandrika, that moonlight, that causes this white lotus or white lily of our good fortune to open and bloom. Uh, uh, that's what it's like. Vidya Vadu Jivanam, there's a, 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 a conjugal metaphor in here. Uh, uh, vidya, our knowledge of our ultimate relationship with Krishna is like a vadu, a young bride. And Jivanam Sangatana is like the bridegroom who enlivens the bride. Jivanam. And then Anandam Bhuti Vardhanam, uh, that's the next thing that happens. The ocean of bliss uh, increases. Pratibram Purnam Ritashvadanam, you get a, a taste at every step. Sarvatma Snapanam, the whole self is bathed. You can say with all these wonderful things, won't you become a little selfish? No, you're completely purified. No? And then from Vijayate, Sri Krishna Sankirtan. I mean, it's really like, wow, you know. And this represents the stage of Shraddha. You should believe this. This is what will happen. You should have faith. Lord Chaitanya is promising that if you practice this Sankirtan, Cultivate the holy name. These are the things that happen one thing right after the other. Right? That's why it's like this fanfare. And then the next verse is uh, interesting. And now 
listen to this verse. It's a chain. Nam nama karibakuda nija sarvashakasta tarapita niyamita smalane nakalama. You have given uh, uh, so many names. Nam nama karibakuda manifested so many different names. And in each of them, nija sarvashakas, you put in them tarapita, you placed in them all your spiritual energies. And for remembering those names, another way of saying chanting, the, 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 the rule, the, the, the yama, the yama, the not there, the, you know, the, the, and the considerations of time. You know, you want to chant Gayatri, uh, you have to sit down, you're not supposed to lie down, you're supposed to stand, you're supposed to sit, you're supposed to do it at certain, certain that's at the sanjas, you know, all these things are there. But this made it easy. Uh, uh, this is your mercy. And then Bhagavan Mamapi Daiva. This is the your mercy, Tavakripa, and contrast my Daiva, my misfortune that Itrishami Hajani Nanaraga, that I'm still not a it's like, it's like a complete change of mood. Uh, you have to, here you're giving your mercy, making it so easy, making it so accessible. And this is what you've done. You've loaded these things with all your spiritual potencies, made it accessible, and still, I have to force myself to chant my rounds. I, I, <laughs> like that. This is... It says that when Mahaprabhu chanted this verse, he was experiencing two things, vishada and dainya, lamentation and humility. So and this represents the clearing stage of chanting, chanting while trying to give up offenses. Here's the recognition that because I'm committing offenses, and when Prabhupada translates this here, he puts it right in the translation. My Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, in your holy name there is all good fortune for the living entity. Therefore you have many names such as Krishna and Govinda by which you expand yourself. You have invested all your potencies in these names and then there are no hard and fast rules for remembering them. My dear Lord, although you bestow such mercy upon the fallen conditioned souls, liberally teaching your holy name, I am so unfortunate that I commit offenses while chanting the holy name. And therefore, I do not achieve attachment for them. So he puts it right in the translation. This, my misfortune is that I commit offenses. And so that this is the one. So actually, if we want, if we want to advance in Krishna consciousness, we have to take this very seriously and understand that I, I should, this, this Dhanya and, and, and Rishada, actually we should be thinking like this. Uh, here, here it is, you know, uh, the, 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 all the, the glories of, 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 of heaven are poured down upon us and we're still like... <laughs> so, so, and that's why uh, this leads into the next verse. Uh, 
because should not have peace in its yet. Now, now already I should have a little humility by at least recognizing my own, so I got problems. <laughs> that here's Krishna's name and, uh, you know, so should not have peace in it. So I should be uh, thinking of myself as like strong. Uh, and I should be Tarori I, I should be uh, as forbearing and tolerant like, like a tree. Amanina, uh, I should not want any respect for myself. Manada, wanting to give all respect to others. Kirtaniya Sadahari, with that understanding, then you, you can begin to become uh, Nishta, fixed the stage of Nishta Bhagavan. That's what's necessary. So this humility uh, uh, is actually uh, realism. Uh, once I was listening to some tape of Prabhupada on a morning walk and I heard somebody saying, Prabhupada, how can I become humble? And you could sort of hear, you know, how can I, my good looks, my education, my talents, Think of myself in the unnatural and, and artificial position of humility. <laughs> so humility is realism. And this comparison with the trina, with, with a blade of grass or a piece of straw, is actually appropriate. Because if you think of the jiva as one ten thousandth, the tip of a hair in size, right? That's each one of us. We have these human bodies and, you know, and do things, but basically one ten thousand tip of the hair. And the same jiva size and everything that crawls and creeps, and squiggles, whatever, the same, right? We're all equal like that. So if you take, just take all the jivas in their natural state and imagine them all packed together, what they would most like what they would most resemble them to fit their actual state would be a whole lawn of grass stretching out forever with each one of them a little blade, blade of grass. That's actually appropriate. That's, that's realism. So, so humility is realism. And, and, and so this should begin this chinana peace and chinana. So we should begin developing, first of all, by realizing our incompetence. Just the fact that we have taken birth in this world means that we blew it in our last lives. <laughs> I remember Prabhupada sometimes told us that your devotional service is a continuation from your continuous life, from your previous life. Uh, oh, yeah, I was devoting my last life. Well, I realized I blew it. I'm here because I didn't make it. And because when I look in my heart, that there's so many material desires that there. Where do they come from? You know? Well, that's, that's all there. I, 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 and so I, 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 should, I should, you know, just be realistic. And, and when that realism begins, then you can really start to beg Krishna for his mercy and there will be some development of actual humility. Because when that humility, Trinadapi, when it be, begins, so we just have to recognize this realism 
that is that, 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 that is there. And it is just because of the mercy of the devotees. Now, by the way, now, there's a thing about humility I should mention here. Um, people confuse humility with low self-esteem. Low self-esteem is another form of false ego. It means somehow I think myself beaten up or downtrodden or not appreciated, and I feel sorry for myself. Uh, I want to be something great and I can't manage it. Uh, so I'm still attached to, to something like that. Uh, they say that, that sometimes people have low self-esteem because, because they uh, are not properly treated or as children they are put down and, and done all those things. And that, that may happen. But if, if, if low self-esteem comes from the idea that I am not lovable, that I am not likable, uh, Krishna likes you. He does, maybe he doesn't, you know, make my body and mind, yeah, I mean, I don't like my own mind. There's no reason why Krishna should like it. But he likes me. He likes me. I, how do I know that Krishna likes me? Because I saw what Prabhupada did to save me. Krishna has moved heaven and earth to bring us here together tonight. This is what Krishna is doing. Why did he do it? Because he cares for us. Because each one of us, in our real identity, we are devotees. And Krishna wants a relationship with us. Why does he want a relationship with us? That's far out. Because he's there in the spiritual world. He's got Radharani and Sakis and the Manjaris and all these great devotees all around him who are like super talented and super skilled and giving pleasure to Krishna. Why is he after us? I don't know, but he, he thinks we have something to offer. He's, I don't see it, but he sees it. And therefore he's arranged this material world and sent his servants and people like Prabhupada have done so much to show that that's how much Krishna cares for us. You can't say that nobody cares. Krishna cares. I, yeah, you know, my false ego he doesn't care for, the, the, the mind I drug with me for so many lifetimes, he I don't care for it either. <laughs> we agree on that. I'm not the body and the even really better news, I'm not my mind. So, so, but, but see, so that we should understand that, that Krishna really wants a relationship with us, and that we have something. To, everyone is different. We each, you know, we may look alike from a distance, but everyone is an individual. There, there's diversity. So there's something there. So, so this low self-esteem is not allowed because Krishna does care for us. Uh, but we have to get rid of the false ego. It's useless. It just causes us problems. And we don't need it. We, we think we need it. It's this big defense we've got against all this stuff. It's nonsense. It's just garbage. It's just dumping. Uh, and then, by chanting the Hare Krishna mantra in that way, uh, uh, and 
And, and here, here in this uh, this chapter, uh, here's the the uh, uh, goes on in Bengali. Uh, after it says, "One who thinks himself lower than the grass is more tolerant than the tree." does not expect personal honor, but is always prepared to give all respect to others, can very easily chant the holy name of the Lord. That's the translation of the Sanskrit verse. And then, in Bengali, these are the symptoms of one who chants the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. Although he is very exalted, so that word is being used, he thinks himself lower than the grass on the ground, like a tree who tolerates everything in two ways and so on. So it's an exalted person, but doesn't, doesn't think like this. And if we follow then through the Shishastaka uh, and, and look at what is being uh, uh, said about it, uh, uh, again it says in the Sanskrit, in the Bengali, although a Vaishnava is the most exalted person, he is prideless and gives all respects to everyone, knowing everyone to be the resting place of Krishna. Uh, if one chants the holy name of Krishna in this manner, certainly he will awaken his dormant love for Krishna's lotus feet. Then, going into the next Shusastika verse, as Lord Chaitanya spoke in this way, his humility increased. And he began to pray to Krishna that he could discharge pure devotional service. So the humility is now increasing. Uh, and it says in the Bengali again, whenever there is a relationship of love of Godhead, its natural symptom is that the devotee does not think himself a devotee. Instead, he always thinks that he has not even a drop of love for Krishna. Anyway, you should go, if you haven't read this for a while, you can go over it. Then the next, Nadanam Janama Sundarim Kavitamba, the next uh, prayer is there. Uh, uh, and this is again the Then after that one, before we get into the, the next one, Ati Dainye Puna. Again, in great humility, now it's Ati Dainye. Humility has increased, it says Lord Chaitanya. It increases, and again, and then he prays for service to the Lord, and then he says, Ai Nanda Tanuja Kinkaram Patitamam Vishame Bhavamudo. Here's humility. I'm your servant. And he dresses with this Nanda Tanuja, this kind of intimate name now, of to Krishna. And this, the, uh, the Sanskrit dictionary, this Ayi, is, uh, is a kind of exclamation that's used in intimate relationships. Ayi Nanda Tanuja, Kinkara. I am your Kinkara. But Patitamam Vishame Bhavamudu, I have fallen into this rough ocean of material existence. So again, there's a sense of a distance and separation. I'm your servant, but I fall. Kripaya. Tavapada Pankaja Stitu Dili Sadri Samyakita. Again, you know, with the mood of being very kind, I just want you to pick me up and just fix me like, like a, a grain of pollen or a, a piece of dust at your feet. Just, just do that. 
So in this way, this atidanya is there, and then then when he goes on to the next one, which is this, you know, the the next one, nayanam dharanashray dayayadaya, showing the 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 physical symptoms of actual beginning of bhava. then it says, uh, when he chants that, recites that one, punaha atti utkanta dhainya, again uh, dhainya, was awakened, and uh, great eagerness and natural humility, Prabhupada translates it, was, was awoken. So again, humility is there, uh, uh, increasing as you go along, uh, and then, then of course, the next last two verses are about Krishna Prema, the full development. And again, when there's separation is first. Uh, and there is uh, Vishada and Danya again. Lamentation and humility uh, that accompanies this uh, separation. This is the kind of separation called Purvara. Like Rukmini before she had, before she just heard of Krishna, but she wants him to be so before you even meeting, there's uh, intense feelings of separation. Uh, and that with that this uh, with this separation. And then of course when you come to the final uh, prayer of the Shishastaka, uh, uh, again it, when it's uh, uh, a list of emotions, Dainya is there. Again, it just it becomes a permanent state, uh, and then then it says this is actually the voice of Sri Mataranari as the Shiva Parapanda. And here you see the humility. And I'm just at his feet, Pararatam, uh, and he can embrace me, or he can uh, by not giving me a darshan, not letting me see him, Marmatam. No, the word marma is translated here as the heart. But it means those parts of the body where if you get wounded, it'll kill you. you know, like a martial arts chart, these are all the marmas. <laughs> it's like, like murder to the quick, you know? Like if you're hitting your most vulnerable place. So, uh, so whatever he does, one thing, that is my Lord. So, so in this, this humility, going more and more and more. So here, uh, this should be part. This this humility should should become part of our lives. It, 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 um, uh, because first of all, we should recognize it as as realism. And and great devotees they seek out humility. Materialists don't understand it. They they think uh, that saints are masochists. They, they want to suffer. 
But the, the thing is, is that as humility increases, love of God increases. And it's the love of God they want, that we want. And it just goes together with humility. And, and the, the final word uh, 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 on this, uh, uh, you'll find in a uh, uh, little more about this in, in the Brihad Bhagavatam. And there, uh, 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 it's mentioned here. This is in uh, in uh, Part One, Chapter Seven, Purna, the complete perfection. Uh, this is not only on his search. Uh, so he's he's now with these sages at Prayag. And the translation is entering a mood of great and single-minded humility. This Kavalam Paramam Dainya. They began worshipping the lotus feet of Srimad Madan Gopal according to Narada's instructions. And the commentary here uh, from Sanatana Goswami. He did his auto-commentary, Darshan Tika. It is an automatic principle of devotional service that until one rejects everything insubstantial, one cannot grasp the essence of reality. The sages at Prayag, graced by Narada with ultimate enlightenment, now attain the total humility required for entrance into the mysteries of Prema Bhakti. So it was a requirement, a total humility by honestly thinking themselves unworthy of worshipping the personality of Godhead's lotus feet, they earn the priceless treasure of his favor. Now this topic comes up again uh, in the third volume, fifth chapter, called Prema, uh, Love of God. Starting with text 22. Uh, Wise men define dainya as the state in which one always thinks oneself exceptionally incapable and low, even when endowed with all excellences. And the commentary uh, is Narada's own definition of dhanya distinguishes his use of the word from other possible meanings such as poverty, being selfless by not accepting charity, and being free from egotism. Some might say that the quality of thinking oneself very fallen may also be seen in persons who are simply lazy or those who abandon auspicious work or indulge in sinful acts. Therefore, Narada specifies that one who actually has tanya is endowed with all good qualities. For example, such a person observes positive and negative regulations, he's free from false ego, and he has a healthy fear of material life. Further, although Narada doesn't say it, transcendental dhanya is a state of extreme agitation that can lead to tears and other ecstatic outbreaks. Uh, and it goes on now to describe this dhanya. Dhanya at its most exalted comes forth when prema, pure love of God, reaches full maturity. 
as it did in the women of Gokula when they were separated for, from Krishna. So the idea that Dainya keeps on increasing and that there's a transcendental Dainya and the commentary says ordinary Dainya can be developed by human effort but there's also a type of Dainya beyond the mundane that comes from receiving the Supreme Lord's favor. The word to in this verse contrasts these distinct kinds of Dainya. Almost everyone in the material world is separated from Krishna. Yeah, they are. But most people never experience Dainya because they have no prema. So there's a separation that's in prema and there's ordinary misfortune. Uh, to achieve transcendental Dainya, one must learn to love Krishna in the mood felt by the gopis led by Sri Radha when Krishna left them to go to Mantra. We can understand from the example of the gopis Viraha Baba their feelings of love and separation, that this special dhanya arises only when, by Krishna's exceptional mercy, a devotee who has realized Krishna's sweetness develops extraordinary prema in his heart in the mood of separation. As prema appears in degrees of excellence, so does dhanya. Uh, and it goes on, when dhanya fully matures, Prema it unfolds without limit. And so we see Dhanya and Prema acting in a relationship in which each is both cause and effect. The comment is, if Prema is supposed to be the final result of all devotional endeavors, how can Dhanya be a consequence of Prema? In answer, yes, Prema is the final goal but dhanya is not altogether different from prema. Dhanya is an integral component of prema and both foster one another. So anyway, I'll, I'll stop there with this discussion. Uh, so the point, the point, the, 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 this, this is the humility now, this special kind of dhanya that devotees we should see developing. And it will develop simply if we try to cultivate the holy names while endeavoring to give up offenses. That much we can do. We cannot immediately, most of us, come to the offensive stage, but we can come to the clearing stage. And as we clear up Dhanya will begin to develop. Uh, and and uh, uh, Dhanya, it, it, it's not, it's, it's, when one begins to get some Dhanya, it's like being infected. Just pride is an infection. You know, if you have it, if you're infected with something, you, it's hard to get rid of. But when it finally goes away, so with dhanya come, it, that infects us, and the infection of, of, of pride goes away. So this is dhanya becomes like an, an, an infection, and then it kind of takes over on its own. Uh, and if you're careful uh, 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 and you, you follow it, 
Don't, don't be afraid of dying. Don't be afraid of humility. Uh, uh, because it's a little scary. <laughs> Just like fully surrendered to Krishna is a little scary sometimes. But it, 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 it's alluring. And as, as humility increases, our love for Krishna increases. And so that's how one gets this taste for humility and uh, pursues it. And, and the false ego starts to go out of the way and then one discovers without even knowing it you can do some service for Krishna. And the, the sense is, I'm not doing it, I'm just here's being a servant and things are happening. And, and that was Prabhupada's he came to America, he was by himself, he was out without resources, and then things started to happen. Krishna's arrangement was there that, that he could continue the project of Bhakti Siddhanta simply because, as he said, the one thing is my credit, I've always remained the servant. And that, that's the most important uh, lesson. Okay. Maybe I'll stop there. I don't know what we're supposed to go into. Yeah, so now we have some time for questions, comments, observations. try to become humble. You, you can do it. You can train your mind uh, somewhat. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're well brought up, people will teach you to respect other people. And uh, Most of us are not well brought up anymore, but it, but it used to be uh, that, that, that when people were well brought up, they would, they would be taught that, you know, it's, it's not good to be proud and, 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 that, and that if you notice that you're becoming proud, you, you think of how great but you know you, you, you had examples that were people these are really great people you should you should respect them and uh, you were taught to honor your parents for example and things like that you know and, and uh, your teachers that's not a, not so much part of our culture in America anymore but anyway so that, that there's a way that, that, that in a mundane way humility can be can be cultivated, but the, the, this the spiritual dynamic, we I mean, we should try to cultivate that also. It's just human decency actually rapidly disappearing. But it's what it is because most people are taught to be proud. I remember one year there was a bumper proud to be an American. You know, <laughs> proud to be. I thought I should have a bumper sticker that said "Proud to be proud." <laughs> <laughs> so people are taught that you should be proud of yourself. You know, you should be proud of this. So it's not taught. So, but this idea is a concomitant factor of advancement in Krishna consciousness. 
uh, and and, uh, and, uh, and it will happen. I'll tell you my own experience. Uh, this happened to me. Uh, uh, how how some, some something can happen? You don't know it. So I run a. In the early days of the movement, we were not taught very well how to chant Hare Krishna, to chant our Japa. It was something you didn't got out of the way, so you could go out and distribute books and stuff like that. At least I never received really very good instruction, but gradually I kind of figured out that you should really, you know, chant and try to fix your mind on the holy name. And people told me that, but you didn't, that wasn't really, you know, that Japa was, it was just something else you had to do in order to be able to do something else. At least that's that's the way it was received. Well, I realized there was a thing in itself and that you should really try to concentrate. And, and I, so I really tried to sit down and, and, and fix my mind on the holy name and keep it there. And of course my mind would wander and I'd bring it back. And then I noticed something that sometimes my mind was going away from the holy name not because I was thinking of anything else, but because I was feeling a certain discomfort or uneasiness, a, a, a kind of men, a, a strange mental distress when I chanted. And I thought, my God, you know, why am I feeling this? You know, our mo motto was chant and be happy. Nobody ever said chant and be distressed. <laughs> But this is what was happening to me, was this kind of mental distress. And I didn't tell anybody, I mean, I was so embarrassed, because I thought, I thought, this isn't happening to anybody else, this is happening to me, because actually I'm a demon. <laughs> and somehow or other I'm in this hard I don't belong. Because everybody else, I belong. So I, I, I was so embarrassed. But, but, but I didn't tell anybody about it. And, and I, what, what to do? I just decided, okay, I'll just put up with it. I'll just chant, and this mental distress, I'll just tolerate it. As I would a toothache or some other distraction. <laughs> so I did this. And it got worse. <laughs> and then one day, all of a sudden, it got really huge really big. And it came up from inside me as though somebody had opened a valve of water under pressure and it comes gushing out. It came gushing out. And it was grief. I mean, real heart-rending grief. And the grief, and I knew what it was about, that I had turned away from Krishna and I had come to the material world. That's what it was. And, and to me, it was like a, an unpardonable crime. Because I realized Krishna had, was absolutely perfect and faultless in every way. And so to turn away from him is the most nasty, vicious kind of thing to do. And I did it. I did it. I've been guilty of this. And, and I felt, I actually, if this is the first time in my life I ever thought about suicide. And again, I'm thinking, I'm the only one going through this. 
right? Nobody else. Uh, but I, I, I thought, you know, I really felt like, like committing suicide. Uh, I felt so bad about myself for having turned away from Krishna and from the material world. Because he was just, he didn't do anything. You know, the only thing that was wrong with him was that there was nothing wrong with him. <laughs> I, so I, you know, I just realized how bad I was to, to have done that. And so I, I was feeling, and then I suddenly realized, wait a minute, I'm feeling this way because I'm chanting Hare Krishna. And why am I chanting Hare Krishna? Because Srila Prabhupada came to America. And Srila Prabhupada came to America because Krishna didn't turn away from me. And then suddenly I felt so much gratitude toward Krishna. You know, and that's when something of a relationship <laughs> began, began to form. Uh, anyway, that's my experience. I, I don't know that anybody has to go through anything like that, but that's, that's what happened to me. I wasn't looking for it. Nobody else told me about it. You know, later on I realized, yeah, you know, these kind of feelings will happen to people because this idea of feeling grief or feeling low like this, I mean, nobody was talking about it in the Hare Krishna movement. Uh, at, at all, uh, uh, so uh, I, I and, and to me, the only thing I was trying to do was trying to pay attention while I chanted the holy name. Just by, uh, Prabhupada called it mechanically, trying to fix your your mind on the holy name. Just that mechanical is showing Krishna that you care. You know, because I think of chanting the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra as asking Krishna, let's have a relationship. I want to have a relationship with you. I don't have a relationship now because I broke it. He didn't do it. I'm the one that did it. I broke this relationship. I want to reinstate that relationship. And when I'm saying Hare Krishna, I'm, I'm asking Krishna, let's reinstate that relationship. And so I show him that I'm interested. Yes, Krishna, my mind is distracted. I'll try to bring it you know, stomp on it, beat it up, do whatever I have to do to focus my attention. And just the effort of showing this to Krishna means there's a response. Uh, and different people are different, they may be different, but uh, he will reciprocate. We are paying attention to him, we'll see Krishna's attention toward us. And, and Prabhupada said once, don't be puffed up, remember you're dealing with Krishna. Once there's some inkling of this relationship with Krishna, you can't be proud. It's not possible because you know, look at Krishna. So anyway, that's 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 my own, own experience for, 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 for what for what it's worth. Uh, but but the, the, the process is that, 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 that if we do a few basic things right in following the orders of the spiritual master and taking the gifts that, that Prabhupada had, has given us, taking advantage of it, we will go through what we need to go through to advance in Krishna consciousness. Uh, we will find out what our attachments are. And we will have to ask Krishna, please remove this from my heart. Please, you know, get rid of it. Uh, 
that, that, that has to be there. Uh, we, we sh uh, one of the offenses against the holy name is maintaining material desire. Remember, we have to chant the holy name while trying to give up offenses. That's the cultivation of it, trying to give up offenses. And the first offense, the Bhaktivinoda one hint he gives us, is that the seedbed, the offense from which all the other offenses grow, is kamada, inattentiveness, distraction. And if we're not dealing with that offense, we won't be able to deal with the others. So that's, that's, that's the, the necessary one. And while we're chanting the, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra, we should be paying attention to the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. And just the effort to pay attention will, because that's the clearing stage. And you know the Haridas Thakur said, this, this Nam Abasa, this dawning light of the Holy Name, when we're not offenseless but trying to give up offenses, that's what's manifest is the dawning twilight of the Holy Name. And that dawning twilight destroys sinful reactions and brings us to the point of liberation. Then the pure name gives Krishna prema. So we advance by that, that at least that nama vasa. By trying. Yes, Prabhu. Prabhu, uh, uh, just asked, uh, mentioned mundane humility. Mm -hmm. uh, as he was asking that question, one example came to my mind. I think. In modern world, modern buffet is one person I think who fits that description. He 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 is one of the richest persons in the United States, or for that matter, in the whole world. But he he is humble in, in a way, and I'm talking about mundane humility. Uh, that you know he meets the president of the United States and he tells him that the rich should pay more tax. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I guess that is humble. <laughs> Well, you know, because he recognizes the fact that there is, you know, more to be done on, on my side uh, and, and he accepts that and uh, there, there are a few other things that I think he, he probably, you know, fits that description. And yeah, I, that's yeah. true. You know, he doesn't think that because I'm rich, I deserve it all and you people are poor because you're scum. <laughs> And Marat, uh, Prabhu, one more. Go ahead, finish. Uh, Prabhu, I wanted to ask, uh, you mentioned in, in the beginning when you started your life in devotional service, or for that matter, other disciples of Srila Prabhupada, there was uh, not much focus on chanting. Is there any reason for that? Because you all were so busy in book distribution? Because we didn't know very much, I, I, I think. Uh, and, and, you know, we were all Americans, and, and to be able to sell things and do things is like the American thing. <laughs> Calvin Coolidge, one of our presidents, says the business of America is business. <laughs> and so, and, and so we're, we're more easy to, 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 uh, to, just, uh, to, to, and Prabhupada complains, you know, you think my books are just for selling, you don't think people were not even reading them. So that was uh, sort of our natural. And gradually, you know, we began to sink in what Krishna consciousness was about. <laughs> it took a while.
there's a verse in the Bhagavatam, Guru Nasa Shat, Nadini Nasa Shat. No one should be a guru. No one should be a mother. No one should be a father. No one should be a political leader. No one should be a teacher who cannot deliver their uh, uh, followers or whatever students, children from, from material energy. Anyone in a position of anyone with a position of authority of any kind is a natural representative of Krishna. And the reason the world is so screwed up is those people who are the natural representatives of God don't represent it. They put something else in the way. Because they are the natural representatives. Every father, every mother, every uncle, every aunt, every political leader, every teacher, what else, whatever it may be. It's got any responsibility for other people, that's what they're supposed to be. Representatives of God. So it's important for all of us. Um, and I appreciate it very much how um, all the, the, the classes and the themes were put so thoughtfully together and how they all connected to each other, um, specifically on, on humility um, and also the previous class that was given by Anutama Prabhu. And something also that has been mentioned throughout, you know, the whole uh, retreat in terms of um, um, uh, participating and successfully participating in Prabhupada's mission, specifically from the part of, of, of um, cooperating, being part of a society and being able to cooperate. So how this humility is necessary now, I wanted to ask you, uh, you mentioned it as a GVC, you're forced to, to learn cooperation. And, and um, it's, it's easy to, to feel humility or feel humble towards someone who is obviously great, you know, much greater than you, you're a spiritual master, you're shiksha gurus, your superiors, but when we're dealing with peers, then uh, then is that the problem mentioned that is is, is very difficult. Absolutely. So yeah. so, um, <laughs> so then it becomes all kinds of obstacles and difficulties in the in the success and applying proper missions. So the type of humility that develops and also in, in this, this, if you can speak a little bit of the process of, of learning to cooperate with each other, with your peers, and, and then how applied to all of us, you know, that we have to, in our different centers, temples, and, you know, preaching activities, that we have to learn this very important aspect of fulfilling Papa's mission. Yeah, that's a very good point that you brought up. Uh, and it's also easy to be humble around people that are humble. It's a little harder to be humble around people that are puffed up. Because <laughs> you want to respond in the same way sometimes, you know. Uh, so this, 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 sometimes you have to appreciate people, uh, not for what they are now, but what they're trying to become. 
Uh, and I have to say this, uh, this is something I've, I've, uh, I've learned from someone else, but, but our, our judgment about people, here's, here's to, let's say, here's the beginning of Christian consciousness and here's the end, and we know the steps and advancement of Christian consciousness. We should not judge people by where they are, whether they're here or here or here or here, wherever they are, the, the standard of judgment is if some, anyone who's sincerely trying to become better is good. That's all we want, that somebody, wherever they are, they're just trying to improve. For, for each of us, if you, we really want to make advancement in Krishna consciousness and we sincerely pray to Krishna for that, He'll always show us the next step. And really, the next step is all we need to know. Take that, then the next step will be there. So we can always start somewhere with where we are now and what we have to do. And, and so people should be trying to get become better. Now, there are people that are not. And for those people, we should just really feel very sorry for them. And sometimes you have to stand off. You can't do anything. Maybe you, if, if, if there are people you have some responsibilities or obligations to of some kind or another, you can be alert and that maybe something happens. There might be a chance to say something. Because there are some people who are stuck and who remain stuck. There are people that think that Vaishnava Aparat is their service to God. <laughs> and there's not a whole lot you can do about that. And they're so fixed up. And, and Anarathas get socialized. If, 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 if some people have the same Anartha, they feel better so, uh, together with those other people, so they, they form clubs. And you just have to put up with that too. Uh, so, the, the, you know, the material world is different even in spiritual life. You see all these things happen uh, that go on like that, that, that can sometimes make it uh, very difficult. But we just have to have a generous heart toward other people. We, 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 have, we, have, we have to just try to encourage people to become better, whether we have, sometimes we have it, uh, the power to do something, sometimes we don't. People like Anutama, another very good at, at, at giving you know concrete tips of how to negotiate difficult situations. We have Iskan Resolve, and there, there's many of these these skills are there. But ultimately, there has to be some respect for people. Uh, that, that that people are uh, devotees. If people fall from the path, uh, we should feel compassionate. Uh, there's some people we just have to uh, respect their good qualities from a safe distance. Uh, that may be necessary sometimes. But we should, we should wish everyone well. You know this business of dandy that doesn't belong. We, our worst enemies, we should want them to go back to God. That's all I can say about it. But uh, I, I, you know, the, the, the difficulties, uh, you, to practice Krishna consciousness alone is impossible. You need the association of the Lord. 
And that was one of my early realizations that living in a temple with devotees and sometimes very, very strange people and not many, you know, an older devotee with somebody been a devotee for two years. And, uh, and, and it was just like, you know, look, people, I, I, I didn't get to know the human race until I became a devotee. <laughs> because I realized, you know, that as a materialist, you only got to know those people that were like socially or intellectually compatible with you. But but when I moved into a temple, there's only one thing in common, some other attracted Krishna conscious. Otherwise, these are people I would have never had two minutes to do with these people in the material world. So it had to be on a spiritual basis that, that, that we had a relationship. And I would get very, very frustrated, but then I realized, you know, I, I, without these people, no matter what they were like, I couldn't make any advancement. I couldn't do it by myself. And at least these people are all trying to become devotees. So you have to, you know, they, they, that one good thing outshines everything else. I wish everyone well. I hope everyone else wishes you well, too. Thank <laughs> you,